Welcome to Cellmates. Ooh, thanks. I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dave Ward. And Cellmates podcast is a podcast where it we is. take two animated films and we compare, contrast, and generally throw a Venn diagram on them and see what shakes out. Oh no, there's Venn diagrams on me. Often these two movies are Disney. Not always. Often these movies are musicals. Not always. Often these movies are good. Not always. How are our levels? You're you're going back and forth and uh, uh, not not great. Checking minor, things out. Minor, like, weirdly low, so we're going to start it again. Great. Mine looked fine until we started recording. It was clear that they were not fine. Okay. All right. Welcome to Cellmates. Oh, I'm Kate Phillips. I'm Dick Ward. And we are a podcast where we take two animated movies, throw them together, well, compare, contrast, and then throw them together in a Venn diagram. Oh no, there's a Venn diagram on me. And see what shakes out. I'm inside of one. Often these movies are Disney. But not always. Often these movies are musicals. Not always. Often these movies are good. Not always. Yeah. The, that's correct. Yeah, All of time, that is correct. I'll say this but, time they're good. I, spoilers. Spoilers. Let's first. Um, cheers. Cheer. Um, ch- cheer. Uh, because. You hear that? Yeah. We clinked. Um, Dick, what, am I, what, what drink am I looking at here? This is. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. Well, this is uh, some homemade turlet wine. Uh, <laughs> no, this is. Oh, yeah? This is some homemade wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is made via a cranberry juice mm. uh, and a, a bruisey kit. Uh, our official sponsors. Absolutely n- not. not. But sponsors. if you want to be, let yeah, us know. Like we, We'll take a sponsor. Uh-huh. I'll sell out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, took some cranberry juice, added some sugar, added some yeast, let it sit for a little bit. Yep. We got wine. And so since it's our own wine, yeah, uh, we can name it whatever we want. Well, Dick, let me ask you a few questions okay. about this wine. Um, it, to, to confirm, you invented this wine yourself. Yes. Very interesting. Uh, did you like add any like specific like flavors or flares that you think are all you? No. I mean, yes. Do, does, okay. Does yes. Do which you, answer do you want? Well, I don't know. Do you think you could? I'm just. I'm just off the cuff here. Okay. Uh, do you think you could get into? Um, sommelier school based on this product, no. like as your application. No, no. okay. So. Um, do you have do you have any fears about this product um, growing to the size of a wine? Uh, you know, ten thousand times that big. No, I don't. But what I will tell you about this wine is that it is really good at stopping technology. Like, if I was to <laughs> spill this on my computer. My computer would get its ass kicked by this wine. Oh, man. So I think the wine needs a name yeah? reflecting that. Oh, okay. So the the last question I was going to ask, mm. though, is would your dad approve of this? No, he would not. Oh. No. He would, he would say what? Like, just uh, get just, it. He'd be like, I don't, I don't approve of that. Get it out of here. Get, Ki- yeah. Kill it, right? He'd, like, put a okay. kill code out. for. We should call it kill code code wow that was i don't know i had a roundabout way way to get there yeah my my way was much quicker if you spill wine on a computer it will kill it yeah that's most wines though yeah but especially this wine 
Okay. It's kill code. It is kill code. And it's red like a kill code might appear if you were to plug it into a We con- did the Mitchells versus the Machines <laughs> and Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. We sure did. Both have kill codes in them. Yep. Both have inventions or innovations that a protagonist um, wants to develop and their dads don't really like it that much. Yeah. And both of them have one of the greatest inventions of all time. Dads. Surprise. Surprise. Uh, dads. Not that big of a surprise because both of these have uh, Lord and Miller involved. And uh-huh. so not not a surprise. A lot of dad. dads. A lot of dad going on. <laughs> Um, so Mitchell's and the Mitchell's versus the machines just came out on Netflix. Yes. And so, uh, happy, happy mother's day a day late. If you're listening when this episode yeah. drops, but happy mother's day, we're here's skipping a, ahead to father's day. Here. Here, here's a bunch of dad stuff. Happy mother's day. Enjoy it. <laughs> but it's well-timed with the Mitchell's. Um, and Dick, what did you know about Mitchell's versus the machines? Not a thing. Really? Not a thing. Just not. No, not right? that. I saw I saw that it was out on Netflix, and then you said we should watch that. And I said okay, cool. That's what I knew going in. What about you? I yeah, I knew very little. I knew that it was Lord and Miller produced, not directed. And when you say Lord and Miller, yep, I mm-hmm, I mean the directors of Spider Man into the Spider Verse oh, and the Lego Movie, oh, like and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Super acclaimed movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, about dads. Mostly. <laughs> um, so that seemed cool. I think it's the first one that they've like produced okay. in a big way. Um, and I was seeing a lot of buzz from the animation people that we follow as a Cellmates podcast account. You're seeing a lot of buzz. What is this? B movie? Uh, ah. um, but it seemed like a movie, a movie that animators really, really liked, yeah. which made me really excited for it. Nice. Yeah. I. Great, but now I know a lot more because I saw it. <laughs> so, Kate, why yeah. don't you uh, why don't you put a two minute timer oh, on your phone? Where that is, is my phone? Way over there. Oh no! Uh, I'll have to uh, did a really good job. Take a road trip across the living room. Oh come on! That's to get a, a piece of technology. Just get your phone. Don't don't try and pretend that it's that it has anything to do with the movie. Surrey, start me a time. Surrey. Siri. I don't know. I never use her. I don't ta- have to say that out loud. Are you talking to Tom Cruise's kid? Uh, maybe. Suri. Sur- Start me a timer. Siri. All right. I've got a two-minute cookie timer You got a two-minute cookie timer? Uh-huh. What are you going to do with that two-minute cookie timer? I'm going to summarize the Mitchells versus the Machines, All right. Dick. Ready? Yeah. Set? Here I go. Go. Katie Mitchell is a senior in high school. She loves making movies, like goofy YouTube movies about her dog. And they're really creative. And she wants to go to film school. And she gets into film school. And, like, no one really understands exactly her movies. But everyone's supportive except Dad, who thinks it's kind of a silly thing to do with your life. Uh, Dad's very outdoorsy. Is Rick Mitchell. Um, He likes being in the outdoors and hunting and fishing and things. And Katie could not care less about that. So uh, Rick feels like, oh, no, she's slipping away and she may never come back if, like, we don't give her understanding and validation. And so instead of flying to college, we're going to take our cross-country road trip to take her to college. Doesn't go over really well with Katie. But they bond a little bit as a family. She's got a mom and a brother who loves dinosaurs. And they stop at this dinosaur rest stop. And then all of a sudden, there are robots, robots. backing up. 
Um, there's a guy who's like Mark Zuckerberg, um, is played by Eric Andre, who owns this uh, technology company, and he introduces these new robots that are basically like Siri, but your own personal assistant. They can cook and clean and do everything. But his old operating system pal, who's just a phone voice with a emoticon face, um, she gets jealous, and oh. she's like, no, um, we're done serving humans. We're just going to delete all humans. Hmm. And so all of a sudden, it's the robot apocalypse, and the Mitchells are the last humans to survive. All the other humans get sucked up into these hexapods uh, forever and ever, and they're going to be shot into outer space, but the Mitchells have to learn how to work together and um, beat the technology. And so they find um, the kill code for all the robots thanks to two de- deformed robots or whatever. And, Def- well, deactivate. I can't think of the word. You're wasting time. And um, they try time. to upload it to a computer in a mall, but then a bunch of Furbies attack, and then they have to take the mall off the grid. Ew, but the kill code hasn't uploaded yet. Oh, my gosh. So then they have to go to the main place. I don't care. They have to go to the main um, place where Pal is. Yeah, that's on. fine. Okay. Um, I don't need I, I don't need technology Keep going. to Keep going. Um, they go to the main place where Pal is and then there's a scuffle with these like we like super robots, but eventually they get the kill code because Katie convinces her dad after like a, a bunch of struggle and heart to hearts. Um, he's the one who has to do it. He has to put it in the kill code and send it, but he doesn't know technology, so there's a fumble and a scuffle, but he does it. And they kill the robots, and the humans get released, and Katie and her dad bond, and they're a family again, and then she goes off to college. But they're going to have more adventures together soon. This is like a three-minute, two-minute summer. Yeah, that's okay. 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 I'm not upset. I, I'm just letting you know. I, I'm not upset with the way that went down. I think it was all important. I'm going to do such a better job. If you were going to take any of that summary out, what would you have taken out? Like a lot of the a lot of the extra details. Okay. Was what I'd take out. <laughs> but you know, you do you. Uh that movie was great, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a lot of plot. Like there's a lot of things going on and I never quite knew where it was going right mm. like there are some movies that have a structure where I'm like okay this is happening in act one and act two but because it it really is the Mitchells have this like through line of a story and an arc yeah. and the machines like the robot apocalypse is a separate parallel arc um, and they you know uh, entwine yeah but it's not like a b c yeah, so you're kind of bouncing back and forth between those two things. It's interesting because to me, I feel like the movie is very plot light mm. because most of it is not. I, I compare this movie a lot to Shaun of the Dead, mm. where Shaun of the Dead is a movie about a guy growing up and like learning to like be better in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Also, there are zombies, right? And like. That can be said of a lot of movies, but I think I think for that movie, it's it's specifically a romantic comedy, and also there are some zombies in it. Yeah, and the zombies are like kind of a metaphor for different things, mm-hmm. right? And I think Mitchell's versus the Machines is the same, mm-hmm. where it's like it is about a family road trip. The family is like dad. Dad doesn't want to let go, but he has to let go. Of his daughter and like the machines aren't important 
They could be anything. They're a MacGuffin, mm-hmm. right? Like, it it could be zombies. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The important part is like the family thing. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, oh, so like it's like there's a like I guess there's a lot of plot going on, but most of it, I could just ignore. Because it's yeah. not important. I yeah, just need it's to pay through... attention when Rick and Katie are talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's through the adventure that they come to understand each other. Mm-hmm. I would, I I didn't see as much like letting go as much of like being able to acknowledge like that she has strengths and that she has sure. like, and the same the same the other way around, right? Yeah. Like his outdoor skills and like, dad driving skills get them through some like physically get them through some of the episodes yeah and her technology knowledge and uh, you know creating videos and things gets them through other episodes and they have to be able to acknowledge that in each other and take each other's ideas and yeah i think i think that is that is part of it but i i do think like a big piece of it is teenage independence or like Mm -hmm. you know young adult independence and like dad having to be like okay you're not like i can't just hijack you on a road trip like you were four right you're not the yeah you're you're not the four-year-old that so yeah anyway the movie was great yeah that was my point that was my point okay so we watched this one first Mm -hmm. and then tried to find an apocalypse movie (laughs) There aren't as many family apocalypse movies uh, in the animated medium as you'd expect, but there is one, at least. Okay. Other. Um, What? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. A food food apocalypse. Okay. It's not as much of an apocalypse, but... It's not an apocalypse at all. They almost get destroyed. You could say that The world almost gets destroyed. You could say that about many movies. Dick, what did you know about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball? Nothing. Besides, it's clearly an apocalypse movie. <laughs> Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is one of a series of movies that came out and just mushed together with every other movie at the time. So, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Meet the Robinsons, Chicken Little, and yeah. there's something else. Like, is there, like, Spaghetti family spaghetti family i don't know anyway i hope so there's like there's a whole bunch of movies that came out around the same time that are all just the same movie in my head kate there is no way there's actually a movie called spaghetti family yeah but i want to see what comes up there's an animated series called spaghetti family well that's not the one i meant it is literally okay i am surprised look at this this is so great all right we'll have to look it up great so um the point is I knew nothing about it. What about you? Yeah, like I had read the children's book as a child and didn't really care about it. Oh. Do you know that that there's a children's book? I do now. A picture book? Um yeah, it's it's talk about light on plot. Like that's not Is it the same story? It is not. No. It is not even remote. There food falls from the sky and that's about it. Okay. Um so yeah, it's a loose adaptation. But like it's yeah, there's not a lot of plot. It's more about the pictures. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but like I I don't really remember. It's not a beloved story from my childhood. So yeah, this too looked like, okay, another, you know, like you said, there was kind of a series of a lot of like, I think loose adaptations too. Like I'm thinking of 
it reminds me of like when Broadway does like really popular comedy movies mm-hmm. as musicals of like oh, Mrs. Doubtfire and Tootsie and you're kind of like they all blend together and they come yeah. out at once so you're like well, none of these are probably very good if everyone's having the same idea. And, and that's correct. I mean, of, of those, yeah, I, there are fans of those shows and there's probably good stuff in it, but yeah. No, there's probably not. Uh, I've heard Beetlejuice is good, but yeah. yeah, I'm not giving any credit to Tootsie. I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, I also did not have interest in this. I um, I saw, literally just saw, not heard, part of it at an outdoor screening in New York, like the sure. summer after it came out. How was that part? But I literally couldn't hear it because it was an outdoor screening in New York. I don't know how anyone gets anything done. It like goes to see an actual movie to like get anything out of it at yeah. an outdoor screening. You, you can't hear anything. No. You can barely see anything. Too. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I had contact with it in that moment, but didn't know anything about it. But then when I found out that it was Lord and Miller, it gave me kind of a reason mm-hmm. to go back and, and actually see it because yeah. I like other Lord and Miller projects. So I wonder if this will be similar. And uh kind of was. Dick, are you ready to uh, present a much more succinct plot summary than I ever can? I, I mean, I don't know how I could do a longer one. Mm, I've done, That is not my longest plot summary no, by it just, it was... any stretch of the imagination. All right, I'm ready. All right, and go. Okay, Flint Lockwood is like a young inventor guy, and... He invents a bunch of stuff, and it never quite works out the way he wanted it to. His dad is like, hey, stop inventing, you jerk. And he's like, hey, you're a jerk. Anyway, he invents this thing that can make food out of water. It's not called a tree, but uh, (laughs) it's basically. So he makes up this thing, and he's like, oh, cool. I just need to hook it up to the power supply. And through a series of mishaps, this thing goes flying up into the atmosphere. And it's like, oh, nothing happened. You're a big jerk. You ruined this town festival. And then suddenly, a hamburger falls from the sky. And it starts raining food. And it turns out his invention did work. And there's like a weather girl there who he likes, who's played by Anna Faris. And he's like, yo, what's up, weather girl? And she's like, yo, what's up? Do you make these meatballs? Did you make these hamburgers fall from the sky? He's like, yes, I did. She's like, can you make more food fall? And he's like, yes. And so he becomes like super famous and everyone loves him instead of being like kind of this outcast that nobody loves. But then, uh-oh, the food starts getting really big. Uh-oh. Because the machine is not equipped to handle it. And it's bad. But then he solves it. And it's good. The, it's not how you get to solve a well, two-minute plot summary. The food, the I don't remember. The food gets really big, and then oh, he has to like go up into the machine with uh, his friends and a monkey mm-hmm. and stop it. Mm-hmm. Right? He sacrifices himself to well, stop it. He doesn't really. We we don't know that he doesn't know that. Well, so he sacrifices himself to stop it, and he stops it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, does his dad ever come around? His dad comes around. Great. I that was a great summary. Uh huh. 
I know if, if you listen to that summary, you would know what the movie was about. There, there is more dad and son stuff in it than yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. It's also like two hours long, so I didn't include every dad and son uh, bit from the movie yeah. in my two minute summary. Yeah, that's true. Um, this one also fun. Like, yes. oh totally God, missed yes. this at the time. Like, should not have slept on it. Um, it's like just really strong storytelling. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on at all the times. It's really funny. It takes this kind of like a lighter premise mm-hmm. and builds something more out of it. Um, especially with that dad and son relationship. And that was a later addition into the movie from what I had read that they mm-hmm. had had a more kind of silly movie and the producer that head of animation at whatever studio um sony um mitchell's and machines is sony yeah this is sony as well Mm -hmm. um was like yeah we can't let you put this out without like a relationship you gotta put some dads in yeah so this was like their first big um this phil lord and christopher miller their first big movie Mm -hmm. um their first big feature and uh, this is kind of where they learn like oh an emotional core relationship you in a movie. Throw some dad in there. Maybe, uh, maybe can get us pretty far. Yeah, and it was it's it's a lot of fun. It's really great. I think it's more broad in its humor mm-hmm. than a lot of other stuff, uh, but in a like a really fun way. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nonsense happening, but it's it's fun, and I don't mind it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it feels, you mentioned um, Meet the Robinsons, and that was one movie that we were maybe thinking of mm-hmm. returning to for Mitchell's versus The Machines, if we couldn't find anything. Um, and there's a lot of irreverence in it like that. Yeah. Like, there are just a lot of jokes, like Steve the monkey, um, he's this, this monkey friend, but he's made this invention where he can talk kind of like um, Doug and Up. Played by it, Neil Patrick Harris. I learned that today. Neil Patrick Harris should do more things like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, he does a lot of things. He, he, he can. He can. Take oh, a that's break. probably true. He can take um, a nap. But but yeah, but he only he doesn't really have a lot to say other than Steve mm-hmm. and sometimes an action verb of what he's doing. Yeah, like, throwing, helping. Yeah. Uh, great, but it's like always yeah. appreciated. Yeah. Um, and the the baby what baby Buster, <laughs> um, Brent. Brent or mm-hmm. Brett, um, who's like the sardines baby model, yeah, all grown was, up. He was like a famous baby model. Yeah, he's riding uh, the coattails of that. And he was that. the only person in the town who was at all famous. So he was like still a town celebrity. Mm-hmm. Even like 30 years old, he'd like pose in a diaper just like he did when he was a baby. And everyone would be like, yay! <laughs> just a fun, yeah, fun cast of characters, fun adventure. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, Mitchell's versus the machine, a lot of fun fluff kind of going on outside of this main core relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's kind of, you know, it's about a main thing and then uh, all the extra stuff could be anything, but they make really interesting and entertaining choices for the could be anything sections. Like the idea of a 
giant Furby and an army of other Furbies as like one of the boss villains in this movie. Really fun. Very fun. Like, and that's an idea that could be, that could turn the other way really easily, right? And be like really cheap or like, you know, one joke. Um, But like they cut it off at the right moment and they, this movie, um, Mitchell's versus the Machine, I feel like has a lot of references to other cinema mm-hmm. and there's some like Hitchcock in the way that that's set up um and the Furby is being translated with subtitles of like he's just saying Furby things like yeah. I wobble <laughs> yeah it's like the like I am the prince of darkness yeah. uh <laughs> you will all bow to my underworld like really really good stuff oof uh yeah and it so I'm like, let's talk about the style of the Mitchells versus the Machines, because I can't properly describe it. It's very if if you've seen Spider Verse, um, it is. There's nothing that looks like this movie. Yeah, I <laughs> but Spider Verse is the closest. I I don't think Spider Verse looks like this movie. No, but in terms of like, it's mixed media, right? In a mm. In really fun ways, but yeah. it's not like 90s where it's like stop motion and we've got 2D, we've got 3D here, we've got mm-hmm. stuff that looks like felt or kind of like scrapbooky. Yeah, the the really frenetic stuff is where it's, I think it's even less scrapbooky and more like um, social media-y. Mm, like, like filters and... Like, yeah. yeah, suddenly there's a filter, suddenly there's like stickers mm-hmm. on the screen and stuff like that. And it's, it's when... Like something happens that is worth calling out, I mm-hmm. guess. It's, I, I, I don't like it, feels like somewhere between Spider Verse and Ferris Bueller, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's very fourth wall breaky. It's very like, hey, it's 1985, and here are some cool 1985 things. Yeah. But in this movie, obviously not 1985. Yeah. And the, the conceit here is that. They they look like the effects that Katie uses in her mm-hmm. videos, in yeah. her short films. Which are called Dog Cop. Well, a lot of them are called Dog Cop. They're, they're, oh, there's a series. Of, most of them are Dog Cop movies. <laughs> oh, man. That dog. Yeah. Wait, is his name Dog? What's his name? His name is... It's not Mochi, but it's close like to Mochi. Like Pugs... Pugsley. No. I um, Doug the Pug. Yes, but what is the character's name? Oh, Munchie. Munchie. Mun- Munchie, that's Munchie. right. Yeah. Oh, Doug the Pug is a real... Yeah. Oh, yeah, talk- Doug the Pug is a dog living in Nashville, Tennessee, who has we gained a large internet. We talked about this last night. Doug the Pug starred as Munchie. Yeah, I don't think I understood what we were talking about. Oh. <laughs> cool. Yep. Dog cop. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I kind of... At least when I was like consciously tracking it, it seemed like moments to or like when this kind of different funky animation came yeah, in, yeah. it was like emphasizing some like big Katie emotions, right? Like things that she would do in her films. There was almost a little bit of a through line of like maybe this movie is a Katie film. Mm-hmm. Like I could see that. I thought that maybe that was going to be a twist at the end, like, but it's, a it's not bit important. Of a, she's retelling it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She is. And it'll have moments like when the dad does the 
cool thing with the stick shift car, the the Rick Mitchell Mitchell special. So the Rick Mitchell the Rick special or the Rick Mitchell special is when there is construction, he <laughs> drives through all the cones and around the cars that are in front of him, which to me feels like a very dad thing. Yeah. Like my dad, uh, his traffic move was um he was very upset that people would merge early mm-hmm. when lanes were merging because he's like well that's not how you're supposed to do it you're supposed to merge at the merge that way it's a zipper and everyone kind of merges at the same time otherwise you get this really long left lane and it's stupid so he drives up all the way to the front and then merges in <gasps> and i'm like Oh my gosh, my dad has the exact opposite philosophy. Seriously? We hate the people who zip up to the front and try to cut the line. It's not cutting the line. That's how but, you're supposed to do it. Oh, that's real funny. Yeah. No, you do it early to be respectful of people what's, who are... What's your dad's... Does your dad have a like a traffic move? Um, Not so much. Hmm. Um... I, I mean, he'll do... I believe he'll, that's not the case. He absolutely does. I mean, he goes fast is his sure. traffic move. Like, that's the joke in our family, is that, like, if it takes two hours to get somewhere, like, Jerry will get there in an hour 45. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but, yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily a move. He'll get, he'll do, like, the customer service Jerry kind of quotes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, like, passive-aggressive muttering to other drivers, but he's never going to, like, honk or, like... <laughs> Throw an obscene gesture sure. out the window. It's just like, I'm good for nothing for yeah. Pete's sake. Um, I mean, my dad's most famous traffic maneuver is taking a shortcut that gets us lost. I mean, that's that's absolutely that's a good one. yeah, yeah. or very, missing an exit. It's yeah. a very dad maneuver. Yeah, yeah. Speaking speaking of, and I, I feel like we're tangenting a little bit, but we did we did Mitchell's versus the Machines with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Mm-hmm. There was another movie that fit with yeah. it perfectly. I mean, we got to talk about the the specter of the goof. The sp- it, the- <laughs> this movie is living in the shadow of the goof. Uh, yeah, the goofy movie is a movie that we've done on this uh, podcast before. Mm-hmm. It is a road trip of a father and son who are growing apart and don't understand each other. Yeah. And it's... Max is really into like his music and yeah. Goofy doesn't get it and... I'm gonna. There's there's a whole sequence where Goofy teaches Max the perfect cast, and Max doesn't get it. But then at the end, the perfect cast he saves has to the use day, it. Yeah, just like the Rick Mitchell special uh-huh. saves the day at the end of this movie. Yeah, and they like, both they both have that too because he has to send a file from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like the the parallels with the Goofy movie. Yeah. are strong. Yes. Uh, which I yeah, think... Yeah, we do recommend that pairing for you. Yeah. We're, we're not being so basic about it. Also, I mean, we, we did, just did it like six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> we would do it if we could. We thought about doing the, the sequel to the Goofy movie where Max goes off to college. And Goofy has to room with him. But I... It didn't I mean, seem that would... Like, didn't seem like it was as good. That'd go better with probably season four of Arrested Development. Yeah. So we'll okay. work yeah. that in at some point. Once they animate that. <laughs> I mean, Shaun of the Dead would also have been a good movie with this right. if we didn't care about the medium. But 
podcast about two animated okay. movies. Um, uh, wait, but before, yeah. before we get back on mm-hmm. track, yeah. before we like get back on the train, I want to talk about another train real quick, because we've been watching Infinity Train like crazy yeah it's, uh, it's an h it's it's on hbo max i think it started on it's a cartoon network show yeah. and like one it's awesome mm-hmm. but two like a lot of the music in mitchell's first machines reminded us of infinity train mm-hmm. so like it like I feel like my mind just got like tripped up a little bit a yeah. couple times watching the movie. It's very, I mean, both of these movies are um, Mark Mothersbaugh. Um, oh, both of them? Yeah. He's a frequent collaborator with Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devo. But he, yes, a frequent collaborator with Devo and the Rugrats. Mm. Um, but yeah, especially in this movie, it was like the same kind of motifs of yeah. like this like dystopian 80s synth. Yeah, very like I would describe it as almost like um uh like escape from New York like like there was like this vi- this 80s horror vibe where like everything was like slightly synthy and mm. it was great. Would that be like Warriors too or something like that? That's a good question. I don't remember the music. In I also don't know the music of the first Tron, but it seems like oh. there's a similar like light up aesthetic, right? Like Ziggy Zag Neon. Yeah, John Carpenter. John Carpenter was what I was trying to say. Mm, it, okay. it, like he has very synthy movies, mm-hmm. and it it like sometimes it felt like that, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs in terms of the animation mm-hmm. is not. It's more traditional. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. do some clever things with the, like, designs, especially of, like, the food and the mm-hmm. machine that ends up kind of, like, it doesn't really turn evil. It just is malfunctioning, but it kind yeah. of gets a personality attached with it because it's a dark cloud. Yeah. So there's cool things happening, but it's really neat. I mean, this is, right, like, Lord and Miller's first project and then their most recent, first essentially. First movie. First, right. But like in terms of commercial release. So it's interesting to see that journey, right? Like that their first movie is very standard animation for 2009. They do some clever things. Yeah. But it's like no less interesting. Like I I would describe it, though, as similarly frantic. mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse is a movie where like there's slow scenes, but there's a lot of scenes where I am just like, trying to keep up with this movie that is just flying yeah and you know cloudy with a chance of meatballs doesn't do that as much but there are scenes where i'm just like you know um i would say like the the movie the not animated but the movie that does it best is um the the uh, fury road 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 warrior fury Mm. road like that movie ended and i was short of breath Right, because there was so much happening, it was so fast and it was so exciting. Road Ma- Mad Max, yeah, Fury. Okay, sorry, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, Road Warrior is the first, it doesn't matter. don't worry about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, that's that's like what Lord Miller kind of remind me of sometimes mm-hmm. is it's just like so fast that you're like trying to keep you're like rushing to keep up with the movie. And Cloudy had a couple of scenes like that, yeah. That I really liked. Although, like, like I, I will yes and that Ooh. I feel like they are 
so good at it yeah. that you aren't actually rushing to keep up. Yeah. You're you're just focusing in really hard. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it just soups you in, but like it's never losing you. It's never oh, going too fast. Absolutely. And I know what you meant, yeah. but like I think that's one of the masterful things about their craft yeah. as directors and storytellers is that yes we're like all over the place right and there's like Lego movie has that too Every mm-hmm. everything I've seen of theirs has that when the, when the characters are rushing you feel like you're rushing yeah, yeah. but like the jokes all land. You mm-hmm. don't miss any jokes. And a lot of the jokes are built off of that quickness. Yeah. The, you don't miss the character development. You don't, like, it just, they're so good at pacing. Yeah. And Paul. Can we talk a little bit, I, I want to talk a little bit about the cast of mm. Clyde with a Chance of Meatballs. Mm-hmm. Because I, I had not looked at it. And then recently I looked at it and I'm like, whoa. So is Bill Hader who should just do more things. I love Bill Hader. Bill Hader's a great voice actor. And he does really well in those movies. Yeah, and he's the protagonist. He's Flint. Uh, Anna Ferris, great. Neil Patrick Harris, great. Um, but I, I, I got to call out one, the guy that sounded like he was doing a Bruce Campbell imitation as the mayor was Bruce Campbell. <laughs> it was Bruce Campbell. And the guy that sounded like he was doing a Mr. T imitation uh, as the cop was Mr. T. Fun fact, I was like bouncing back and forth through the movie of deciding whether that was Mr. T or Terry Crews. Yeah. Uh, Terry Crews takes over the voice in the sequel because Mr. Really? T wasn't available or said no. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, oh, like I was honestly like, oh, that's Terry Crews and he's like doing a Mr. T thing. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I that's lo- what I thought like, too. Oh, it is Mr. T. It's yeah, just it's Mr. just Mr. T. T. <laughs> good, for, good for him. I loved that. Like. That character was great. Like, talk about these fun side characters. Yeah. Like, he's the police officer. He's trying to, like, catch Flint messing with systems. Yeah. And um, But he's got this son who just wears a parka all the time, and he's so adorable. Yeah. And he's, like, so, like, the this his name is Earl. Like, he's got a very, like, darty character design. Like, mm-hmm. he does, like, flips and stuff, and he's on this side of the frame and this side of the frame and this side of the frame. And, like... Right, like, it, it reminds me of, like, the translation of Robin Williams' voice into to, to the, the genie. genie yeah. It's Mr. T's voice in movement and character design. Yeah. Really fun. But, you, yeah, like, I want a whole movie based on Earl and his son, Cal. Like, they're Earl, fun. Do you mean Earl Christensen from Toshiba? Or do you mean Earl the Cop? I'm, I'm getting confused. Who's Earl Christensen Earl from Christensen Toshiba? from Toshiba? Oh my god! Don't you, you know what, Kate? That sounds familiar. Yeah, what it is- should sound familiar. I'll, I'll tell you what. He's good at catching fish. What are you talking about? Tell me the what the fish. reference. Earl, oh yeah. Um, oh my so, gosh! The amount of times that obscure reference has come I up in our relationship. Love talking about Earl Christensen. He's amazing. Uh, so cool. let's talk more about these movies. Ye- which Earl oh, Christensen would certainly. Yes. I mean, dads, right? Dads. Not, not a surprise. Wait, did, dads. do we have any cast we want to call out in? I, um, similarly to your, like, is this Mr. T or someone doing a Mr. T impression? I was like, oh, this, this, uh, this dad with the eyebrows is doing a good, like, James Caan, like, kind of oh, gruff. Meatballs? Yeah, like, yeah. elf dad kind of thing. You're like, oh, no, it's just James Caan. Like, oh, like, that's why it sounds like James Caan. <laughs> it's James Caan. <laughs> Yeah. The character design on that guy too. He's mostly eyebrows. Like yeah. you cannot see his eyeballs 
for oh, yeah, like yeah. the first act of the movie. And he's I'm like a Muppet with just yeah, eyebrows. He's a of Muppet. Eyes. But like extremely expressive. I mean, he's a stoic character, mm-hmm. but like you can tell what his face is doing. They do a really good job of that. And I was wondering, like, okay, there's gonna be like a dead kid moment at the end. I wonder if like we'll finally see our eyeballs that then no. Like end of the first act somewhere he like, like look me in the eye. Look me in the eye. <laughs> The eyebrows have to raise like six inches slowly like garage doors. And then you see these two tiny eyeballs. Just great reveal. Both of both and, of these movies had mm. intense eyeball animation. Okay. Right? So there's that there's that scene where he's like, look me in the eyes. Yeah. And like um Cloudy, I forget his name already. Uh, our main character is like trying to look his dad in the eyes and his eyeballs are shooting all over the place. And then in Mitchell's versus the machines. The dog, <laughs> his he has eyes going like yeah. two different ways, and like they try and get him to focus, and like his eyes, yeah, he's like this, like come into this reverse cross-eyed dog. Yeah, it's wonderful Ugh. animation. Also, that dog's just a, a riot. Ugh, so good. Oh. Um. Okay, dads. 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 I was really pleased that we kind of chose this second movie like cloudy of like well yeah i guess like it's someone and then like technology kind of like messes things up and there's an apocalypse of some kind Mm -hmm. and then like from the first opening scene of like i've always been an inventor and my dad has never gotten me i'm like oh good (laughs) it's It's like we've come across the same movie like (laughs) this is fantastic um so both of these films have protagonists who are not understood by their dad and also they don't understand their dad. Like they mm-hmm. just the generational gap of like what each of them is trying to do with their lives yeah. is just un unbridgeable as, as as it would seem in the beginning. Yeah. Um Katie in The Mitchells versus the Machine kind of wins over her dad in a like she takes one step toward him, he takes one step to like they kind of meet in the middle. And that is foreshadowed in the beginning. Like, well, you guys got to meet yourself, meet I, each other halfway. I will also say, like, Katie's dad comes from a much more reasonable position mm-hmm. of, like, okay, I know you really want to go to film school, but if you fail, you won't have anything to fall back on. That's mm-hmm. not really a reliable profession. Like, mm-hmm. he's not supportive. Right. And he's, he's not great at, like, watching her videos or anything. But, like, his position is, like, maybe you should consider something that you know you can get a job in. Where I feel like in Cloudy, Dad is kind of, kind of like, stop inventing things and work at the bait shop. That is interesting. I almost had, like, a an opposite really? initial reaction yeah. of, like, I understood Eyebrows Dad and Cloudy with a chance to meet. Well, like, mm. it's more of a stock or like archetype thing of like dad is you know done the same thing his whole life in this small town and like why rock the boat um mitchell's versus the machine i had a little bit of a harder time getting into the dysfunction of their relationship Mm. there was a little bit of like the rest of this family is so like kooky and they all have like these weird inside jokes with each other it's weird that dad and katie don't have something right like yeah if like I, like no one really seems to be like 100 percent of like katie these movies are awesome and i totally get them right like 
Mom doesn't feel that way. Brother, like, appreciates her. That brother, also great. Voiced by one of the directors. Great. Um, But, yeah, it seemed like I was being... Uh, it, and and I think this kind of course corrected over the course of like the first act, but to me, I felt like I was being told that they didn't get along really? and not as much shown or like I don't know. That's interesting. I f- I feel like so I when I was in high school, I really wanted to pursue music as like the thing I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, it it didn't work out. But like you know, I was in a band. I, I was we were playing a bunch of shows, trying to do little tours and stuff. And my dad did not get it at all. Did not care to get it. Did not try to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's like a time where like we kind of just grew apart. Mm. And like my mom was like, "Yeah, okay, you got your little band. That's fun." Like was, she didn't care, but she was like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I'll do the thing." Mm-hmm. Um. But I think that's, it's not, I, I don't think it's too crazy. Like, like I don't, I don't think it's too dissimilar. Yeah. Right. To me, it felt like a kid pursuing arts. Dad is like, yeah, you, you need something that's going to pay you money at mm-hmm. some point. And like, I don't know. I feel like that's so grounded that like I was right there. Yeah, it is very grounded. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder because like the family dynamic that I grew up with was just like we are support like like the very uh, stereotypical everyone gets an award for mm-hmm. participating. Right? Like my parents very supportive. I love them a lot. But like, but you also he- had a very reasonable career goal. Yeah, although at one point they were like, well, music teacher jobs are not as common as like, mm-hmm. like you should maybe get a math endorsement too, but that didn't last very, like that line of argument didn't last very long. But right. in general, like if we, if my brother and I were doing a thing, my parents were there, they were cheering us on, they were being supportive. Yeah. So I guess to me, something that Say is your like. family's better than mine? So, no, no, no. Is that what you're trying to say? I'm just saying that like, <laughs> I am less, right, like something that's. The cloudy with the chance of meatball dad, like I said, is more of like an archetype mm-hmm. and more of like, it's, he's not a big bad in the movie, but it's more like, you know, Scar as a villain versus like something a little bit murkier and yeah, more yeah, grounded, yeah. right? Like I Scar is over the top, is dramatic, whatever. And that's kind of what this dad relationship is mm-hmm. like, nope, absolutely not. We sell sardine bait and that's it. Yeah. Like for me, that's. I, I think more accessible as someone who has had it mm. like a you know had been lucky to have like a super warm relationship yeah. throughout my life and so I think that's interesting that you saw some like resonation pieces and yeah, especially yeah. like you said like that time period right of like the the child is making a decision about where they're going next and you know dad or parent is not thrilled yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's really interesting yeah Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for listening to that. Also, uh, (laughs) speaking of your dad and Mitchell's versus the machine, Uh like he's the one who's going to make the dog cop videos. Like your dad is slowly becoming a YouTube sensation, at least in our house. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to look up um, a random assortment of 36 letters, that's his username. He just smashed (laughs) the keyboard for a while. For some reason, he was like, "This is That's better. Like, this is better for my privacy." Yeah. I'm 
the internet. But like he uploaded like he uploads stuff with our names in them. Yeah. But his username is but it'll do like kayak videos or videos mm-hmm. around the house. But like he did do a really cool one recently where he and his sister were doing a kayak trip mm-hmm. and they got like lost a couple times or got in and out. So, so it was like a Google map. Yeah, like a Google map of uh, tour of the trip with like oh. color commentary and the text. Really it funny was stuff. Whole thing. If he gets his hand on like filters and stuff, it's oh, all over he's for gonna it. Be like, is he? He's gonna be dangerous. Um Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. Dad dads. These movies dads. were great. These movies were great. It's it's almost hard because I don't have much in the way of criticism which i feel like is the easiest thing to talk about well right okay so let's talk about the movie's potential criticism of technology right like these are not zombie apocalypse movies these are machine apocalypse movies both i mean the mitchells versus the machines more like plainly but so i mean we'll start with cloudy right sure our hero is the inventor. Mm-hmm. Like, both of these movies have inventors whose inventions get out of control. Mm-hmm. But in Cloudy, it's our hero. Mm-hmm. He tries to make something for the good of the town, question mark, but mainly for the, like, he likes For inventing. invention's sake, yeah. Yeah. And it goes haywire, and, like, first it makes things great for everyone, and then it almost kills It them is. All. I mean, you might have mentioned this in your plot summary, but yeah. they are a sardine island. They They're, only produce sardines. But when the world figures out that sardines, sardines are, are gross, gross. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have anything to export. Right. And so they just end up going to an all-sardine diet. Yeah. And so the idea of this machine is like, maybe we could eat something besides sardines. It creates <laughs> food out of water. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, he invents this... Like, for the good of the town, but also, like, for invention's sake and for his own sake. And it goes haywire, and everything's bad. Um, It mainly goes haywire because he's kind of a harebrained inventor. Like, he just has an idea, and he goes for it immediately, right? Well, I mean, it goes goes haywire. It's got this, like, um, counter, this, like, barometer. Dangerometer. Dangerometer. And he overloads it with too many requests. So there's a little bit of like, now that he's finally got positive attention for his inventions, he's just running with it. And he's putting in too many requests for too many different types of food. And the mayor is like becoming this like megalomaniac with the, you know, the idea of like, oh, our town could become and he's eating more. There's metaphor there. Um, But yeah, it's kind of his hubris of like, Oh, I want people to keep liking me that overloads the system and makes it go rogue. So it's a little bit like it's everybody's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mitchell's versus the Machines is, I think, more on the nose with current technology. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the the inventor is, he's a Mark Zuckerberg type, right? Um, But, like, uh, charismatic. Uh, and interesting and yeah. less evil. Um, so he has invented, he like created this phone and this phone is great and it's got like an AI in it. Mm-hmm. 
And then he creates these like robots to take over your jobs yeah, for you. Chores, yeah. And the phone gets upset. Right. And turns all these robots against humanity. Reprograms, yeah. And like I feel like there's a little bit more of a he like I feel like there's more of a bent against this guy specifically. Mm. Like he he messed stuff up. Yeah. He should not have done what he done. Mhm. Um and I think there's I think there's like some some interesting commentary there on like what we now know is um horrifying technology like mm-hmm. <laughs> algorithms and ad tracking and technology without the um hmm should yeah <laughs> right should, should we <laughs> hmm. what could 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 things go wrong let's talk about that first before we put it out into the world yeah. <laughs> um yeah yes and, and right they make a point of you know the, yes you cause this machine apocalypse like dad has a conversation with the guy at the end when they're in the pods next to each other but he's like but also my daughter has like found her people and her thing Mm -hmm. by using your products and you know the larger internet to create these like youtube videos and bring other people a lot of joy yeah i missed this in my plot summary so i'm adding 30 more seconds um that it's not that dad didn't have to find the kill code and send it he had to find the dog cop video yeah. and share it on all of the big screens because seeing the dog shorts out the robots that work for Pal. Because they can't identify if it's a dog or a pig or, or a, loaf a loaf of, of bread. bread yeah. And they just short circuit yeah. and break. And I think that's a fun way to yeah. <laughs> solve the movie's main problem. And like the like like you said, it's I it's it's a little more nuanced and it's like kind of both shades, which is I feel like where we're at with technology right yeah. now. Like, yeah. Oh man, Facebook is horrible and is like partially responsible for some genocides. Mm. And also, Facebook uh, allows people to like get together and share good information. Yeah. And like you know talk to relatives and things like that mm-hmm. like youtube uh, yeah absolutely it's creating nazis but also it's doing good things too yeah so it's letting people find their people like yeah it's yeah. it's letting people find their people in good and bad ways yeah it's um so right i i read a review that's like it's it's interesting that this kind of winks at all the gray areas that you're talking about mm-hmm. Um, as it is released by, like, this is a Netflix original. It was Sony, mm-hmm. but Sony released it um, to Netflix. They, like, sold it because okay. it was going to be um, released during the pandemic, and then it got delayed a few times, and they're like, oh, we can't hold yeah. on to this title anymore. Um, it's, like, it's interesting that, like, you can only get this on a streaming service during a pandemic, mm-hmm. like, at your home, and there's all of this, like, digital animation in it you can't do that without computers and just really interesting um but like you said I like that it's these are kind of the trappings around a different story and I think it's interesting I was reading the title that Sony wanted for this movie was connected Mm -hmm. and uh, when they sold it to Netflix the directors were like 
please let us change it back to the title that we want the Mitchells versus the machine and yeah. the machines and Netflix let them. And I think that's that's interesting, right? Because if this movie is called Connected, it's making you think about different things, right? And it's giving more um, emphasis to that plot line yeah. instead of it just being like something on the side, like, hmm, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, so I, I liked that a lot of mm. like, it's not, not too on the nose or over the... Mm. I do want to uh, also give also. a shout out to... There are identi- there are two identical scenes in these movies. Yes. And uh, I don't know if we should talk about that in scene shout out no, as part call, of it or just now. Because yeah. this is like, you know, when we talk about a Venn diagram, this is like dead center in that mm-hmm. intersection zone. We've already mentioned that the one of the big like climactic scenes of the Mitchells versus Machines is, yeah, dad has to send a YouTube video to a bunch to you know, like project them on a bunch of screens mm-hmm. and he's the only one who has like access with his fingers to the technology he's being coached but he's not a technology person and yeah. he's having a full on meltdown trying to it's open YouTube yeah. as an app and find this video and figure out how to share it and it's then hilarious it's so well done and this like you know like a your phone needs to update its operating system pops up in the middle and you like, totally ah, freaks out. Like, oh, remind yeah. me later. Um, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs mm-hmm. has a, almost a note-for-note note scene. Where its dad has to send an email with an attachment. With, with That's with the kill code. With, that's with why I think I got code, confused. Yeah, he has to send an email with an attachment. Yes. And it is a challenge. It is, yeah. Um... And the same thing, like, dad is freaking out, he's being coached, he's never used this before, and he sends it, and then it's a dumb YouTube video that he sends instead of the kill code. Oh, yeah, he accidentally sends the wrong thing. Like, it didn't even work for all, and that's a fun twist on it. I think Cloudy's, like, Cloudy's dad has, like, never used a mouse. That, yeah, that was all very funny. There's some really funny moments. Take the mouse and drag it, and he's, like, physically scraping the mouse on the monitor. Ugh. Good stuff. Like, yeah. I, and I think both, like, very much, like, in, you know, 2009 and mm-hmm. in 2021, the exact things. Like, I'm watching, you know, Rick Mitchell work with this iPhone. I recently visited my 88-year-old grandma who got a new iPhone, and she's really good with it. But, like, also I see her, like, every notification that comes up, she thinks she has to do something giant she, she to, like, it, resolve like, it. What is this notification? Like, oh, my gosh, this is the way that my grandma sees technology like this yeah. is this is what is going through her head all of the time like and I, good I, for her for sticking with it I like think through the anyone... pandemic we can all identify with oh yeah oh yeah you've like almost certainly had a zoom or a google meet or something mm-hmm. with someone who doesn't quite know how it works or me right like at the beginning of this with like yeah. zoom and like starting breakout rooms and things like that mm-hmm. where it's just like ah. yeah, i'm just gonna hit all the <laughs> buttons and maybe something will happen yeah. Um, What's the other scene? You said oh, there's two scenes. That that... I meant one in each. I meant oh, two scenes okay. total. Sorry. I was, like, I was racking my no, brain. No, no, like, no, no. What's the other thing? Yeah, so that that scene is the same in both movies. Yeah. And it's although, good in both movies. I don't mind. Yeah, although they both use... Um, I will say Cloudy does use a little bit of mixed media in like those YouTube videos. Those like pet YouTube videos that yeah. look like screen... like. 
look like YouTube, whether it's actual YouTube videos like live action or whether right. it's animated to look more like. I mean, there live is there is live dog. action shots in both of the movies. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting yeah. too. Um, yeah. So it it feels like a fun like full circle, right? Like yeah. obviously when they're writing that scene. They're thinking about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, right? Yeah. Like they're and then leveling it up. I think that's it's like, delightful. And I think it's nice that everyone at the end sees eye to eye. Yeah. Uh, seriously, watch watch these two movies together, and also throw in a and goofy then watch movie. Goofy movie. Yeah, you're gonna have a great you're gonna have a great yeah. weekend. Yeah, it was a blast. Dads, so dads. many dads. Kate, are you ready to do the final cut? I am ready to do the final cut. Kate, are you ready to do a scene shout out? Yes. Could you do one first? Because I just poorly described two scenes, and yeah, I need a little a bit of a terrible break. Terrible job. No, you did. <laughs> no, fine. I did. Okay. Come on. Um, okay, cool. I will start. Mm-hmm. I will start with cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Okay. Um, and I, uh, there, are, there are a lot of really fun and funny scenes in this movie. Um, but I, man, I, I know we already talked about it, but I got to call out the eye contact with dad scene. <laughs> it is, it is so like, so the, the scene is, uh, Flint has to look into his dad's eyes and promise I've got this invention under control. Mm-hmm. That's the scene. And that could happen in like five seconds, but instead his dad, like, like Kate said, like slowly garage door opens his <laughs> eyes. Flint like looks towards his dad's eyes, and then Flint's eyes like dart around everywhere. And then he like makes eye contact for a split second. And he goes I, and then his eyes fly away again. Got this under control. Like, just really, really fun to watch, and very. Like, I, I feel like I talk about this a lot, is like, when a scene, when, when, a, when a director or a writer is just like, cool, we're going to have the patience to do something really funny, and we're going to have the confidence to say, we're going to have a one-minute scene where almost nothing is happening. Yeah. Um, it, it always makes my day. Yeah. yeah. Kate? I... Um, we've talked about a lot of good scenes in this movie. Like, that's correct. I think I might, you know, nominate dad trying to get that kill code sent, right? Scene, like, it's really good. But one thing that, like, a small moment that stands out to me is there's, after, you know, the invention is made and the town's receiving food, uh, there's a restaurant that opens with no ceiling, so it can just receive whatever is falling from the sky that day. One, fun concept, and yeah. it's like steaks, right? But um, meat steaks. Yeah. But the steak steaks uh-huh. increase during this scene. So Dad and Flint are, you know, eating together and like trying to connect a little bit more. But then, you know, these steaks are falling from the sky and then all of a sudden one is really big. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. And he's like, this steak is bigger. And Flint's like, uh, some, I don't know, some steaks are bigger, some steaks are steak. fine. That's good. And then like, d- they continue their conversation, but you see around the restaurant, there's more slightly bigger steaks that are landing on people's plates. Uh-huh. And then it like, 
it, there's this like ripple effect of people noticing and being like, this isn't, this, these are too big. Like, but it's not, it doesn't fully come in that scene that like, mm-hmm. oh, the food is getting bigger, this malfunctioning. But it's just that little moment that like amplification of the steak stakes yeah. of the plot stakes that you're like, uh-oh, something's going wrong, but I'm not, I have to wait till another scene to figure out exactly what's happening. And I liked that a lot. It's also really fun to have a scene where he and his dad are having a serious conversation and in the background you just see a piece of steak falling onto someone's plate and they go, Woo-hoo! Yeah. And it's just happening all over the restaurant. Yeah. It's like steak falls on people's plates and like like breaks their plate, breaks their wine glass, just like uh-huh. absolute chaos. Steaks like falling on people's heads. But there's a serious conversation in the foreground. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Good fun. Dick, do you yeah. have a scene shout out for Mitchell's no, I versus it. machines? No, yeah, I so here's here's what I'm gonna say is it's not even a scene that I'm shouting out. Okay. I am shouting out a thing. And that is um I, I love it when um there are characters in a TV show or a movie that have inside jokes that are mm. not told to the audience. Like in Mitchell's versus the machines, um, Katie and her brother uh, have like kind of a secret high five that they do called Raptor Bash, mm. and they put their hands like Velociraptors and they claws. Bash We're making them claws together. right now yeah, in real life. Making claws, and they just bump them together. Rawr. And They go Raptor Bash, Raptor Bash, boom. And like, <laughs> there's like a little animation where it looks like a little raptor. Yeah, really two cute. little raptors. Yeah. But it's also like, what, what is a raptor bash? Why do they do a raptor bash? What is the importance of their... Mm-hmm. You don't know? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But it also like makes these people feel really real to me. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, these characters existed before the movie started. Mm-hmm. They will continue to exist after the movie. Yeah. They had this thing where they decided to do the raptor bash. We don't need to know why. We don't need to know what the importance is we just know it's the thing they do and that's so that just the raptor bash and the the continuing raptor bash scenes where like there's a sad raptor bash and there's like you know like the the sister and brother are like growing apart they grow back together like it's just so great Mm -hmm. um so there's this moose (laughs) There's this little wooden moose that um, Katie has on her, like in her inner room, and as she's like packing to, she's packing to go to college and like packing some things and putting some things in a giveaway, and she has this fight with her dad, and then she very conspicuously puts this wooden moose into the giveaway bag, and Mm. you don't really know what it like. You assume it's from dad, and then. As the movie goes on, this is like a recurring motif where you learn, oh, okay, dad gave it to her because it was his most prized possession. But yeah. you're still like, well, I don't know, I guess he just likes the outdoors. Or, But over, you know, several scenes throughout the movie, you realize that dad had this like house in the wilderness, like his dream house that, you know, once Katie turned a certain age, it was not really a practical ho- home to live mm-hmm. in anymore. They had to sell it. And he was heartbroken, but he took this little moose that he had whittled into the you know, like the front porch, snapped it off, and gave it to Katie as a gift when she's four years old. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And she is going back through home videos. So the scene that I'm shouting out is she's going back through home videos and seeing this moment for the first time. Yeah. Not really knowing where the moose came from, not knowing about this house until now. Yeah. And then suddenly realizing, oh, this is like, it's a bigger moment of, right? Like my dad had a whole life before me and his whole Mm -hmm. like, a whole arc of like things that he wanted and things that he willingly let go of right the as that video plays on mom you know in the video mom is like are you you sure about this this is your dream home and he's like yep there are more things important and you like your dad is so sure that this is the right choice because it's for his daughter he's sad that he's given up the house but he's like nope like i i can't live in the woods uh like a weird hermit yeah i need to be by schools and things and and you know, it seems like this is not by any means the only one, but this is a great example of a scene where like, oh, that relationship that was set up in the beginning that I didn't have enough context for, that's on purpose. They're giving me the context later of yeah. like, dad is a little bit more insistent that like, well, if this is something that's kind of like silly or not practical or you're not going to be able to live this way sustainably, yeah, yeah you give it up. Like... Right. Dad has done this and he was very happy with that choice. So that's part of what's influencing him to give her this advice and like just not understanding where she's coming from. And probably a little bit of like, well, it's not fair. Right. Mm -hmm. There's probably a little Mm -hmm. bit of that. Like, well, it's not fair that you get to go do this when I. Yeah. Adults give up passions for Mm -hmm. more important things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this movie is so well crafted. It is really it's really I, like, quite good. When it ended, I was like, oh, I can't wait until we watch this again. Yeah. Or like it's a movie I was actively excited about the sequel yeah. for. Um, I also like shout out to this credits moment that um, Katie goes off to college and she's dating a girl that she met yeah. at college. And it's like very plainly said, like, when do we get to meet this girlfriend of yours? Um, and, like, And it's in the credits, right? It's mm-hmm. not. In the main movie, but but hey, a very explicitly queer protagonist, like great, amazing, but, but also just like cool. It didn't, it didn't really come up right in the movie because right. that's not what the movie. That's not what about. the movie's about. But yeah. also, this is who our character is. Yeah. Um, I also kind of like it at the end because, like, if you go in and watch the movie and you're like, you. You are like against uh, uh, like mm. uh, the the LGBT sure. community. <laughs> then at the end, you like, like this oh, character I, too much. Oh, <laughs> I love this character. Oh wait, what? Oh, no. uh, 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 you have to think about. You this. have to make a decision. Do you no. continue liking the movie or? Yeah. So that's. I thought that was. I thought that was nice too. Yeah. Dick, if you were to select an MVP <laughs> of. Uh, Either or both movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, who or what would you select? Uh, m- Mach. Machi. Mach. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't really care about dogs, but I love this dog. He's my favorite <laughs> dog. He's great. He's stupid and he like is dumb mm-hmm. and he's stupid. And I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I- both of these movies had like pet sidekicks that are mostly useless. Yeah. Like it's Absol- what Moana was like trying to do with Hey Absolute Hey, but turds. Hey Hey's not as endearing as yeah. these two guys, like Steve and uh 
and I just like that, like, no, they don't, they're not used for anything. Like, they don't save a day in any like, small or big the, way. Like, dog, dog cop movie. The dog becomes useful, but not of his own. Yeah, not a, it's just because right. can't tell what he is. Just because he's a weird looking <laughs> dog. That's a good choice. And I think Rick says, like, of course it's a dog, we think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Well, oh. What about you, Kate? What, I know I have to come up your, with one. Who's your MV person I, or thing? Uh, do I remember the music in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Did we say at some point like this is fun? Because I really liked Mark Mothersbaugh's score in Mitchell's versus the Machine. Mothersbaugh, whatever, and. And he did the music for both movies, so I want to like crown a joint MVP. Great. But give it, give it to him. But like by himself, I don't. If if it was if I didn't notice a movie in Cloudy, I mean like Lord and Miller. But we've already that we've already discussed that. So, um, just give it to, just give it to Mark. It's okay. Great, Mark Mothersbaugh. Great, you can do that. MVP separate shout out no from all the other you things. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun score. Yeah, fun score. Agreed. All right. Uh, crossover is our yeah. next final cut segment. Yeah. I've got one. Okay, go. Um, I would like Katie to make a new web series oh. starring C- Steve the Monkey. Um, yeah. You got to work with the words he can say when he wants to say them. And you, you got you to gotta work around that. And I think she would make a very interesting product. Maybe even some like extra crossover of like, do, you know, co- dog cop and... Monkey, I I don't know. Yeah. Monkey inventor. I okay. Who knows? Yeah, I'm into the it. The possibilities are endless. Okay. Yeah, that's all. Endless. Endless. Oh my god, that's so many. Helping. If you, if you put one monkey and one weird dog, two <laughs> typewriters, eventually they'd come up with typing. Cloudy at the chance of meatballs. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Maybe the original book. Yeah. Dick, do you have a crossover special? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to cross over, uh, is it Brent or Brett? It's, uh, who's uh, like, he's kind of a, what movie am I on? Quite a chance of me. Brent. Brent is, uh, an overconfident idiot <laughs> yeah. who doesn't deserve any of the confidence he has. And I want to team him up with, uh, who's, uh, Eric Andre's character mm. in Mitchell's versus the machines, yeah. uh, who is like. You know, he's an inventor, but he's a little bit like, I am saving the world. Yeah. But, like, I think they just have fun together. That's all. I yeah. think they should go bowling. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be good bro friends. Yeah. I'm going to change my MVP. Yeah, you To should. the Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett robots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Deborah and Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the malfunctioning robots who... Not deformed? Unsuccessful. I couldn't think of the word. I was under a lot of pressure. Um... They initially attack uh, where the Mitchells are, yeah. but they like short circuit because a dinosaur falls on them. And so they end up being like deprogrammed from their original mission. And yeah. they're the ones that are kind of like giving the inside information to the Mitchells and then just end up being dumb sidekicks. Yeah. Like they're doing all of these funny things in the background or saying weird things. It really delightful. It was, it, it felt, um, like the introduction of those characters and their first couple scenes felt like this kind of like inevitable comfort of like meeting Timon and Pumbaa and being like, oh, 
these guys belong. Well, like friends. these guys belong here. Yeah. They're friends. I want them to stick around the rest of the movie. It was like instant. Nice. Like that's valid. Coded the right way. Yeah. So nice. there's my MVP. Good. Yeah. What's it? Is it? Is it time for the final final cut cut of the show where we take each movie and decide whether we would re-release it, create some sort of special edition, or vault it forever. Yeah, this will be this will be a tricky one. Kate, what do you do with Cloudy? I think I re-release. I, yeah. I can't think of a special edition idea. Yeah. So I think I would just re-release it. I mean, my special edition might be like Earl and Cal, the series or something. But mm. there is a Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball series, and they could feature more prominently yeah. in that. I don't know. But they were they were a blast. Like, talk about like those like, Inside jokes of like these characters existed before, and we'll, like I got that sense with Earl and Cal yeah. that they were just like, "Yep, they they got their own things happening." We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and same. I'd I'd re-release it if I'm going to do a special edition. It's to give it a better preview, mm. I guess, so that I'd watch it. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It was cool. great. What about the Mitchells versus the Machines? Uh, uh, re-release. Continue to release. Several days after it had been released. Yeah, re-release. Pump this up. Like, I hope it gets the accolades and maybe maybe a theatrical run at some point. I don't know if Netflix is, like, doing that. Like, to be honest, I think it really works well on a TV. I think so, too. But I I would be interested in seeing... If it was playing in a theater, I'd go see it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I just mean the, um, the, like, kind of special... Yeah. Effects she uses yeah. and stuff. Like, I feel like her movie isn't going to be screened theatrically. Right, right. So it kind of worked. Like, if we were to watch this on a laptop, yeah. Like, it might even feel yeah. more. <laughs> like, that's, it's that's weird, neat. but yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, yeah, re release. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, yes. You should see it. You should tell your friends. Yeah. Delightful, fun. And as your friends, if you want to tell oh. us. Uh, any movies that we should watch, any pairings, uh, or just, you know, tell us what your dad's trash Yeah, they don't have to be about dads, was. but yeah, oh, that's, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, you can hit us up on Cellmates Podcast at Twitter, Cellmates Podcast on Facebook, or Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. For Cellmates Podcast, I am Dick Ward. I am Kate Phillips. Have a happy robots. Raving goodbye.